This is Tom Fox. Welcome to a special five-part podcast series on building a stronger culture of compliance through targeted and effective training sponsored by Diligent. Over this series, we will consider the importance of ongoing communications, the value of targeted training, training third parties, what is effective training, and the role of the board of directors. Now a word about our sponsor, Diligent. This podcast series is presented by Diligent, and Diligent empowers leaders with a holistic view of their organization's governance, risk, compliance, audit, and ESG practices so they can make better decisions faster, no matter what the challenge. Ready for purpose-driven compliance? Diligence equips leaders with the tools they need to build, monitor, and maintain a culture of open, transparent ethics and compliance. Build a stronger culture of compliance by improving cultural openness and training effectiveness so everyone in your organization is ready to make the right choice in any situation. For more information on Diligent and to book a demo, visit diligent.com backslash compliance training. In this episode, I'm joined by Kevin McCoy, Customer Success Manager at Diligent, and we discuss the value of targeted training. I know you'll enjoy this very informative episode. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode. And today I'm thrilled to have with me Kevin McCoy. As you will soon find out, Kevin is from East Texas, or at least parts east of Texas. So, Kevin, first of all, welcome. And thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Thanks very much, Tom. Thanks for inviting me on. I'm happy to be here. So, Kevin, we are exploring training. And the regulators talk to us, or at least in the United States, about two two real focuses of training. One is effectiveness, but one is targeted. And so I wanted to maybe visit with you a little bit about targeted training. But before we do that, could you tell us your current role at Diligent? Yeah, so my current role here in Diligent is as a customer success manager. I'm working out of Galway, Ireland, and I'm working on a product called Diligent Compliance and Ethics Training. And so our product is basically a library of compliance and ethics training content. So like we're solving problems for compliance departments and companies. Some of these companies can be quite large, but some of these departments within the companies can be quite small. So we're solving problems for them by creating content for them that they can then use themselves. So they subscribe to our service. They have access to a lot of versatile and diverse material that they can then download and utilize with their employees. So Kevin... One of the reasons I really wanted to visit with you specifically on this issue of targeted training is that obviously you're not from the United States. So you're going to have a broader perspective or at least a different perspective. And many of the diligent clients and listeners to this podcast, actually more than half of the listeners to my podcast are outside the United States. So I wanted to explore with you how you would help a client think through perhaps targeted training outside the United States and how you might facilitate engagement. Maybe start with microlearning. So it's very important to, to engage with your employees because compliance training probably gets a bad rep in that maybe it's perceived as being boring and, and not relevant to certain employees. In Diligent, we have developed training that is designed to engage with an audience. We, we th- think that it's much better to have microlearning 
So basically, you're giving your audience uh, short, sharp pieces of training rather than putting them through an hour or 50 minutes of boring training, maybe hit them with seven minute trainings more often. So we designed material in that way. Also, some of our material then is also, it's very, it's suitable for any type of audience. It's like cartoon animated type videos, which can gain traction with different types of audience. Then in terms of a global audience, it's very important then to have your content translated into different languages. So if you're a multinational company, you're going to have offices all over the world. And so while a lot of people can speak English, you do have areas where they don't. Even actually within the US, we have clients that would have maybe workforces that maybe are migrants and they actually might not have proficiency in English. And then they would also be able to train in LA Spanish or some Asian language, whatever the case may be. So let me, uh, let me focus on that global audience because that's what intrigues me. And as I said, why I wanted to be able to visit with you and maybe start with humor in the United States is different than humor in Ireland and different than humor and even across in Great Britain sometimes. Yeah. So how do you really, one, I don't want to say protect your training, but make sure that if you translate it, it's not going to be translated into something that's offensive or maybe even just non-effective? The, way, the method we would use would be to use native speakers. All our translation is done by native speakers. There's a lot of, a lot of progress has been made over the years with machine translation, translation and also AI is getting very popular, but we still use human, human-based uh, translators. So they're able to then target uh, the translations to their audience because they know them, they know the industry, and then they know the people that they're translating for. Kevin, as we move from the United States to Ireland, to Great Britain, to the EU, I would say are going to be fairly sophisticated audience in terms of understanding what compliance is and the training you might deliver. But as you move into the stands or what we, I think, call emerging markets, perhaps people might need a different focus on training. How do you help a client understand that the need for training might be different in a stand or a in a Vietnam or a Malaysia that's different than you would receive in Ireland or I might receive here in the United States? Yeah, I suppose each different region, such as the EU, such as the US, such as Britain, they'll have their regulatory requirements. But then, as you say, and then there's other regions that might be outside of that. But we would find that even the even the topics that are, are driven by the regulations within, within, say, Europe or the US, they're still relevant. They're still, it's conflict of interest. It's giving and receiving gifts. It's anti-bribery, anti-corruption. So the, the topics themselves it can be quite quite more of an overview on, on, on those areas. So they would still be adaptable and relevant to, to, to different regions and areas of the world. So as I mentioned in the introduction, we were going to focus a bit on targeted training. So I wanted to maybe transition to how do you get the right people trained on the right content and why is that so important in your opinion? No, it's absolutely important because it's not a case of one size fits all. You give the, you, you build a training program and you, tra- you give the same training program to your manufacturing people and your leadership. So you have to plan your training. So you want to look at your audience. What type of audience are they? Are they online? Are they offline? Do they have, do they need languages? And then you look at the risk areas that the particular type of audience employees what kind of risk areas would they have? So say, if you take the example of a sales team, so they're going to have risk areas in something like anti-bribery, anti-corruption, the risk areas in conflict of interest. And then if you have a manufacturing team, they have different risk areas, maybe around health, 
safety, maybe data protection, wherever the case may be. And then again, with your board and maybe your leadership, again, you're going to have different risk areas there as well that need to be covered, such as reporting, reporting misconduct. We actually had a good example of, of a situation in Ireland. Our governing body for our soccer is called the Football Association of Ireland. Well, they had a CEO for many years and he built up this massive cult following in the country. He was really popular with the grassroots people. So in, in a soccer body, obviously, it's, there's a lot of volunteers in it and they would have some paid people on salary, such as coaches, development officers, admin. And then, of course, he was at the top of it all, getting a massive salary. But he built up this popularity and cult. He was almost like a celebrity around the country. He used to go around opening clubhouses, opening pitches, and he was like a hero. But within the board and within leadership within the company, he was almost untouchable. It was like he he built up a fear in, in, in the organization, and people were actually afraid to ask questions. So it just gives you an example of if you're in that organization, if you're training the people, you want to be training your leadership on different topics than you would be training the coaches and the development people in terms of compliance. You'd want to be going through a lot of reporting misconduct and those type of trainings with the leadership and the board. Let me pick up on something you mentioned, Kevin, which was offline training. Yes. So I spent a lot of time in the energy industry. And one question always raised was, how do we train the people on offshore rigs, for instance, okay. or people who run work boats or people who, for whatever reason, maybe they're picking fruit. They don't have access to a computer. How do you help a client think through some options when really offline or online is not available? Yeah, so we'd have very versatile resources. So we'd have for, for online, we have those resources that would be interactive modules, videos that people would put up on their learning management systems and get people to train up and to be able to track it. But we also have versatile resources that would be downloadable in PowerPoint or PDF format so that they could be shared with those type of people. Like you could print them out and share them in that way. Also, you could build your training into, say, a PowerPoint presentation and then get somebody to go and visit the site, visit the shore or the rig. I've never been on a rig, so I'm not even sure if that's even feasible. But yeah, there's plenty of different options. The really important thing is to have versatile, different types of training. Same actually applies for within companies that, that would be typically online. How do you train people with disabilities, hear, people with hearing impairments? How do you get to them? And it's important to have a lot of di different versatile type resources that you can train people in different ways. Kevin, the next area I'd like to explore with you is, and I believe you touched on this, was the risk-based training. Yes. And that's another way to look at targeted training. And I raise that sort of in the context of if someone's in accounts payable, you might not think of here in the United States, you might not think of them as important or at high risk, but if they're reviewing payments, that might be a place where you would want to give them sort of focused training simply because they're the ones approving the money that goes out of the company. How do you help a client think about targeting your training on a risk-based nature? So yeah, it was kind of like what I was saying, analyzing your audience, your employees, analyzing the kind of work they do, and then look at areas of within compliance and ethics where they could be at risk. So in, in that case, they're the people in the finance team they would be trained on reporting, how to speak out if anything doesn't seem right. Uh, and then similarly, as I was saying earlier, for like sales teams or HR, they would probably need training on diversity, equity, and inclusion and that type of thing. So yeah, it's crucial to analyze and plan in advance, and then you're going to get the outcomes that, that you want. Kevin, do you have a sense of the cadence of training, meaning 
how often should it be? Maybe a longer episode once a year with micro micro learning or micro training throughout the year? Or how do you help a client think through what I call cadence? Yeah, I think people are moving away from the one big blast of training at the end of the year. And it's almost getting it out and getting it done and then forgetting about it. I think you would probably plan, say, a longer for maybe 30 minute type code of conduct type training annually. But then within that, then I would think that you could be giving people a training at least once a month, shorter, sharper training. But even once every couple of weeks, you could be giving us maybe maybe bulk training in terms of maybe an interactive module on a particular that that is of interest at the time. But then you could also follow up with little subtle trainings. There's different ways and subtle ways of getting across messages like blogs, articles to supplement the training, the formal training that you're giving through your learning management system. Kevin, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but before we leave, first of all, I hope our audience will join us for our next episode where we look at the other prong, which is effectiveness. But if someone wanted more information on the Diligent Training Solutions or any more information on Diligent, what would be the best place for them to go? So, Tom, thanks very much for having me. Yeah, they can go on to diligent.com and then go into solutions and then they'll be able to go into compliance and then read all about our compliance and ethics training. Kevin, I wanted to thank you again for taking the time to visit with me today. Thanks a million, Tom. All the very best. Bye now. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And I hope you'll join me for our Nexus episode where I visit with Jessica Chachuga and we talk about the often difficult topic of what is effective compliance training. This special five-part podcast series on Building a Stronger Culture of Compliance Through Targeted and Effective Training is sponsored by Diligent and is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network.